It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. My goodness, is it great to have football back? We get multiple podcasts, multiple days down at training camp, although not a, not a lot of stuff went on today, but uh, still plenty to get into is uh, John Barchard along with Elliot Shore Parks uh, via the Skype.com, and he sounds sounds beautiful. Uh, you did a really good job. Are you, uh, are you a new technician or something there, Elliot? I mean, I got the AirPods in. I'm on the USB speaker microphone thing. Like, it's all it's all set up here. I'm very technical. Great. Very technical job uh, by Elliot Shore Parks. And I got to just let you guys know we've got a, a, a big announcement coming Monday. So you want to definitely stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to involve every single one of you. So Monday... I would say just before training camp, we have a we have a, a major announcement to make where we need uh, your help to do it. And Elliot, I mean, uh, we we've both been down there for the last couple of days. I'm sure that there are a lot of people that want to hear just your first impressions overall. What stood out? What's haven't concerns? All of that kind of wrapped into mm-hmm. uh, a little bow there. What so what are you looking at here? Well, before we get into the football part, the first thing I would say is like my favorite part of training camp is how there's just so many firsts. Like Thursday was the first practice, but they didn't really practice. Today was the first real practice where there was fans there and it really felt like training camp. And then Saturday, apparently they're wearing pads. So that'll feel like the first, you know, like real intense practice. So training camp is just the best. Like I love being down there. I love watching all the players. There's all the media there, the fans. So I'm just really, really happy it's here. Um, From a football perspective. Oh, yeah. Let me just add add real quick. Like today was the first day that the Eagles started pumping, you know, all the audio through the speakers. And there is a feeling when you walk towards – the field and the Sunday night football theme is playing. You almost kind of like, yep. 
<laughs> start marching in order along with this bum, 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 bum. like oh my god and i got meryl going <laughs> yes meryl yeah. and mike and the super bowl calls and all that stuff so yeah it really felt like that today but yeah go go continue well from a football perspective i would say certainly have some takeaways but they only did over the last two days i mean um so thursday's practice was a 10 10 10 which means they really you can't take anything away from the team drill um, and today they only did two team sessions with Carson. So not a lot of team stuff so far, but I guess uh, my biggest takeaway is just that you can really see the work that Deshaun and Carson put in this offseason together at uh, mandatory minicamp and OTAs, which were not mandatory, but both Carson and Deshaun were basically there for the whole thing. Uh, all that work they put together is translating over into training camp. And they're on the same page with like 90% of their throws, but even the ones – where maybe it's a little off by Carson. Deshaun's doing an excellent job, like yeah. adjusting to it and making the catch. He had a really nice catch on Friday. It was about 25, 30 yards down the field where it might have been a little behind him, and he had kind of had to contort his body in there to catch it. But you can really see that they already have great chemistry. And I was on the sideline today thinking, it wouldn't surprise me if Deshaun led the receivers, not the tight ends, because I think Ertz will lead the team in catches, but led the receivers in catches because I really think they're going to use him a lot more than people think. Yeah, and it's, this is kind of the – this is the same things that Torrey Smith talked about in his first season here, and I always remember that, and I think it's deep threats kind of get into this bubble of just go run a, a bunch of nine routes and, and yep. use your speed, but in reality – you know, Deshaun is a is still a, a well-rounded wide receiver. Like he's still he's not the best technician in the world, but he is you know able to get open in a lot of different spots. And and Elliot, you pointing that out is is what we all saw over the last couple of days there too. The one thing that did stand out to me in terms of at least today, uh, and Zach Berman pointed this out too, is you know the offense is starting to come out in a lot of twelve personnel looks to yep. start their drills, and this is a second day in a row that they've done that now, too. Um, you've seen them go in. Uh, they opened a nickel today, on uh, mm-hmm. on obviously on the defensive side of the ball. That looked a little different, um, and I- I'm just excited that they're – it looks like the focus is rightfully on Deshaun and, and Carson Wentz, as you've been pointing out, but uh, there's, there's going to be many, many times where either Ertz or Goddard are going to be open in those looks. And uh, I, I think that's the the next thing that should be brewing towards, you know, when we see full pads on is, is uh, man, like Dallas Goddard is kind of a, I don't want to say an underra- uh, underrated route runner, but um, he seems to always get open, you know, the same way that Zach Ertz always kind of finds himself open there. And it's, that is, that is just a, a confirmation to me early that Doug is kind of staying true to, yes, we are going to get this thing going and working here. They kind of, in a way, and this is definitely a camp overreaction, right. but they kind of have like two Zach Ertz's. Like they look alike. Their numbers look very similar from far away. They're both, you know, similar levels of uh, athleticism. They both have similar hands. They look the same when they run their routes. So like, man, for a league that is really starting to use more and more tight ends, Howie was once again ahead of the curve and using their second round pick, which is really their first pick that year on Goddard. But, you know, you talk about how much 12 personnel they're going to run. They already led the league in it last year. Right. I think they ran it about 35 or 40% of the time they were on the field. So part of me is like, how much more can they even run it? I mean, unless that becomes essentially their base personnel. 
And if that does, that's not great news for Nelson Aguilar. It might be good news for the offense, but uh, you know, you're not going to see as much Aguilar if that's the case. But yeah, I think Doug is kind of uh, sending a bit I, of a message. I disagree slightly. I and, and I okay. think I think they kind of rotate in and out pretty well between Aguilar and Deshaun. And obviously, like Deshaun's going to have the lead in that, especially early in games. But in certain matchups. Um, I, I think that they can kind of roll through all of those different personnel packages, um, even in even in 12. Sorry, not in, in different ones, but like different guys in 12 personnel because they have so many other different, uh, you know, wide receivers that can co- kind of do different things, including maybe your boy Josh Perkins, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit as well. Um, but um, I don't I don't. Uh, yeah, maybe matchup by matchup. Um, I think you're right into Sean early and often, but uh, this is this is something that I, I, I Deshaun Jackson still Deshaun Jackson. I don't think he's going to be 16 games full of you know 15 receptions a game or 10 receptions a game for 150 yards in a touchdown. He comes and he goes. He comes and he goes. And sometimes the matchup doesn't determine him being on the field all the time. So if anything, I, I it'll be split between. Deshaun and, and Aguilar. That's the only thing I wanted to point out there. Yeah, I mean, well, look, if they're running a lot of 12 personnel, assuming they do indeed have the running back, right? So, I mean, one running back, two tight ends. There's only really room for then two more receivers. So when you have the three receivers like the Eagles do, and really all of them can make an argument that on the majority of teams around the league, they would play, you know, 90% of the offensive snaps. Somebody's going to have to give. Now, he has been moving Deshaun around a lot. And you mentioned this when they first brought Deshaun in, but you've seen him line up in the slot quite a bit yeah. early on in a training camp, which is very interesting to me. And one thing that when you talk about the health of this roster and like how much healthier they are and how that's going to be so good for chemistry and all that, the other thing that's going to allow them to do, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is Doug can get much more creative and kind of teach more plays, add more wrinkles because you have your main guys out there. I mean, last year in training camp, you had Nick Foles taking almost all of the reps, Carson in there a little bit, no Alshon, right? I mean, you had guys that were coming back from injury. I mean, Jordan Matthews wasn't even there yet. He ended up playing. Joshua Perkins ended up playing quite a bit. Um, if I remember correctly, Nelson Aguilar even missed a bit of time in training camp last year. This year, you have Carson there. You know your quarterback is going to be. You have all three receivers healthy. You have both tight ends healthy. I mean, all four tight ends, really, and then all the running backs. So I think that just the health alone, you're going to be able to see Doug get a lot more creative with what he does. And you've seen that very early on in training camp. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't, yeah, I don't think more 12 personnel. It's just the emphasis on, you know, maximizing all those things in it, which, you know, that's, I think that's pretty spot on there. So, uh, and, and then uh, let's go to the, the other side of, uh, of the ball there because I'm really curious. So, you know, I, I let you have it a little bit yesterday and, uh, I, in person today, uh, Oh, you let me have it on the pod. I didn't get a chance to listen. Oh yet. yeah, yeah. I know. I was just saying you're. Okay. You might right, be. You it. might be getting a little, little, little hot. You know because you know Sydney Jones looked pretty good in the first two days of, of camp. I'm just okay. It's, a, it's the, the well, heat is starting to rise and made another great play today. And you wanted to credit it as a drop, which it was clearly not. Howard well, Eskin okay. agreed it wasn't Let's, a drop. It was well defended. Uh, Sydney Jones is having a good camp for the first two days. I just want you to admit that in front of my front of my ears. Ah, yeah, I mean, look, I would say he's having a, a pretty good camp. I'm not I'm not going to like completely change my opinion on him, which is he hasn't stayed healthy and he needs to play better when he is healthy. Wait, look, you're not going to change your today, mind after two days of training camp? That's ridiculous. 
I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. What? I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Look, his past breakup today he had was against Mark and Michael. So let's not act like he like leapt up and knocked it out of Alshon's hands. It was it was a solid play. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, but yeah, look, while, while we're on the cornerbacks, let me say this. This whole idea that they're extremely deep at cornerback is kind of flawed, and it really showed today. With no uh, no Craven LeBlanc out there, and we'll see how long he's at out. But now, with Craven hurt, you have LeBlanc, Darby, and Mills all not taking part in team drills. So that's three of your six right there, which means you're starting three cornerbacks. are Rasul Douglas, who's never been a consistent starter. Sidney Jones, who's never been a consistent starter. And Avante Maddox, who we both agree might be the best cornerback on the team, but is still only entering his second year. So to everyone that's saying, oh, they're probably going to trade a cornerback, I mean, they might, but I think it would be a huge mistake. I think they're going to have to, you know, if you just trade kind of— one? Uh, or like they're all not going to fit like somebody maybe that means it's more like Hawkins or you know McKinnon or somebody like that that's on the second team of of corners and you'll get to well, know why those. would they not all fit well I'm just, I'm just saying because it's a numbers game you can't keep that many corner you can't keep what is that five six, six seven eight corners on the team six, right yeah, I mean the, it would be it would be Darby Mills Jones Douglas LeBlanc and Maddox six Six. You know, no, six you can keep. I'm just saying, you know, a- after that or injuries or whatever is, is going to occur. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But right. I, mm-hmm. I, I would say that, yeah, I, well, why isn't that good depth, though, if you have those six guys? That, that's the point. That is good depth. Right. But I'm, what I'm saying is right now, like literally as Eagles are practicing, three of those guys are hurt. Now, oh, 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 look, yes, not, yes, yes. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to kill the Eagles because they're not seven or eight cornerbacks deep. Like the fact they're even six cornerbacks deep is, is impressive. I'm just saying we saw firsthand last year that these cornerbacks that they have really kind of do have injury history. I mean, Darby, uh, Jones, Mills had never been hurt until last year. So those three guys, I mean, Look, you don't want Hawkins uh, playing in that playoff game again. You don't want no. to see Shandon Sullivan starting against the Saints, uh, you know, in, in the in the regular season. You want to be able to go to three guys like Jones, Maddox, and Douglas that each have their own questions, but are probably better than you know. I would guess Douglas and Jones are probably better than eighty percent of the number four and five cornerbacks or five and six cornerbacks in the league. So they do have that depth. I'm just saying, with all the injury concerns, you trade one away like LeBlanc. Next thing you know, I mean, you're, you're looking at what you have right now, which is three guys that don't have a ton of experience. Yeah, I think that's a, actually a good point in terms of just like starting the season. You have so much depth when you don't because you don't know about those guys. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I don't think about that. And, and that's one thing that yeah. Doug and Howie have really stressed this offseason is when Howie talks and when Doug talks, they bring it up almost every press conference. They say, look, things can change quickly. We need depth. And that really speaks to how much they're trying to win this year because you could probably get – I don't know what you think you could get for Sydney a fourth at this point. Uh, I mean, something like that, probably, maybe a little more. Like, prob- probably something where you'd want to hold on to him, you know, because right. it's not worth it but, to do. Yeah. But I guess, I guess what I'm saying is those cornerbacks all have trade value to some degree. So th- they could do it. But I think that you're going to see them just hold on to players to keep their to stay deep because they saw that injuries occur obviously over the last two years. And with the fact that they're so in on all winning a Super Bowl, players are more valuable to them right now than uh, draft picks. Yes. No, I, I highly agree. And uh, do you, I, I know it's always kind of, for some reason we don't want to take it uh, at the four, uh, or on the surface of, of the Eagles words or like Jim Schwartz in, in his words, but there was, you know, LeBlanc was out for no good reason, at least supposedly. And then Jim Short says actually he was injured. 
And uh, mm-hmm. um, is there a chance that that's actually he's being held back for 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 a trade? As we were just talking about corners here. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I would not trade him. Um, Jim Schwartz said that he's hurt and he's getting further tests. I think. I think if there was something happening, Schwartz would have. I don't know, sidestepped it a little more maybe than saying yeah. he's hurt. I'm not going to uh, talk about but, that right now, or he's just dealing with something day to day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, and I also think it's like a weird time to do a trade only. Yeah. I mean, let's say, you know, there was speculation the, from Rube that maybe it would be the Jets. And that's, you know, an obvious trade partner because of Joe Douglas, who's right. obviously been a fan of LeBlanc. Like, wouldn't the Jets make that trade prior to training camp? Or are they really going to make some type of reactionary move only no, two I, or three practices in? I, I think this is the this is the first window of that that could happen. I know, like, um, for a lot of teams, uh, Saturdays, uh, Saturday or Sunday will be their kind of, you know, their, their free okay. agent workout to kind of come in and just say, like, all right, let's see what this guy has uh, just for a private workout or whatever. So I don't think that's that crazy. Uh, well, and you had mentioned that was one of your targets, too, right? I remember you writing that article in the offseason about – who who could Joe Douglas take with him? LeBlanc was on the top of your list. Number he? one, yeah. So yeah. that that makes a I lot mean, of sense to me. I don't know what the Jets have that the Eagles want, but um, this is uh, if that is true, and this is all I'm going to say is that's why you can't get so wrapped up. And oh, Craven LeBlanc had these, you know, this just really great stretch of four or five games when um, uh, I would be surprised if he gets moved. First of all, because they they seem can, to really. Can like I throw him. a fun a fun hypothetical? I by would you? love one. Yes. Okay, so would you trade Craven LeBlanc for Le'Veon Bell, but you also had to take his huge contract with well, him? Not anymore. No, no. Let's. Do you it. wouldn't do it. Okay. No. no. If if this if this was no Jordan Howard, no drafting Miles Sanders, none of that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would almost honestly be a no brainer. Like, of course, yeah. Le'Veon Bell for Craven LeBlanc and his contract. Well, and, the contract is obviously more of yeah, yeah, the deterrent there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not that it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I wouldn't do that now. No. Um, I right, and to be clear, I don't think the Jets would do it before everyone <laughs> hops in my mentions. It's just a fun hypothetical. But it is. Uh, listen, it is two different GMs, and if if Joe Douglas says "fuck that," I, I want that running back money off of my off of my cap immediately. Let's try and figure something out. Then they would do that. But that's the most likely trade uh, trade partners uh, for for anything at least team one in my mind, and that's just because yeah. J- uh, Joe and uh, and Howie obviously know one another, so it's. And, there and are, they get along. I mean, they're still friends. There's no bad blood. Right. There. So, and, and there's plenty of players that Joe Douglas likes because um, what's that? Oh, yeah, he's part of the personnel and shaping shaping this group over the past couple of years. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that they're going to do that, though, and mainly for the reasons that you said. is like they, they still need the depth going there. I don't know why you'd want to kind of take that away going into the season, especially with Jalen Mills kind of starting – uh, on the pub here. Uh, we, uh, of course, are always brought to you by the wonderful people over at Cinch, cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com. And uh, I've I've got some sad news. And I, I, somebody had somebody tweeted at us, Elliot, and I was just like, man, somebody from uh, Glassboro, New Jersey was like, hey, uh, I tried to sign up. And, and unfortunately, when we said it, it expanded to South Jersey to get your propane delivered to you for the small price of $10 for your first tank if you use the promo code GOBIRDS. Unfortunately, 
Um, I uh, I realize that they're not in Glassboro, so they are they are getting there. I apologize; it's not all of South Jersey; it's most of South Jersey, but it continues on. But uh, well, the question is, should yeah. you move out of Glassboro? Then I think I think you might have to because it is right. I mean, what, are you going to knock a grill all summer? <laughs> like, like you just got to move. Yeah, you got to move. I think that's. That is uh, that's part of the deal, and then or or add more pressure to to tell Cinch. Actually, maybe that's what we should do. Just keep emailing Cinch.com and say, please include Glassboro. I am desperate for uh, getting my propane delivered because I don't like really dragging around any propane tanks. And if you don't like doing that, and me and James have been doing that for uh, the last couple of weeks here, and it's again one of the best delivery services uh, that I've had an experience with. Cinch.com. C y n c h. Dot com. Use the promo code GOBIRDS, and it's only $10 for uh, your first tank of propane. Uh, let us get in, into the take and the mailbag here, ESP, as there's a, there's a couple of good ones uh, out there. And this is one I, I, didn't, I didn't catch most of Jim's press conference because we were both running around, but uh, this is from uh, Dulo Twist uh, saying that uh, Jim seemed to indicate that the NASCAR package is out really puts a lot of pressure on Malik and Timmy and and uh, Cox to be disruptive. Do you think that's a mistake? And will that stunt Sweat or Sharif's development? I I don't know if it's ever going to be out of of Jim Schwartz's scheme. I'm not exactly sure in the in the context of what he said, but uh, well, I, they don't really have the personnel for it anymore. They they Do don't. They? I mean, but it's not going to stop Brandon Graham from still coming in there and Vinnie Curry coming in there on third downs. Like that's something that they've done. You know, when the, when they were both here, yes, you're going to have more. You have more defensive tackles, and that's where your strength is. But it, it's not going to stop even Derek Barnett or Josh Sweat. And Josh Sweat ran a, a couple of NASCAR packages uh, last year. I don't. I mean, you know, focus right, but on who it. Who would but, you rather have rushing the passer, Malik Jackson or Josh Sweat and Vinnie Curry? Well, yeah, I, no, I, I totally understand. But if 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 it's you know if he needs a breather, they can still go right. And do well, it. yeah. I agree with you. It's not completely gone, but I do think that this is the issue when you don't have that depth at defensive end you did last year. I mean, when you went legitimately four players deep before Barnett got hurt uh, at defensive end, you could be a lot more creative. You could put them all out at the same time. But now, and Joshua looks great. He looks, you know, much stronger than he did last year. He says he's just as fast, so he could be having a big year. But for now, you look at it and you say Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Derek Burnett are the four best pass rushers they have on this roster. Oh no, without a doubt, uh, limited. I think limited is 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 better. I don't think it's uh, completely gone there. From our good friend Stephen Lee, this is oh, this is a good one for you because Stephen Lee's over in unders are back, which is also a good indication that football is back. Derek Barnett nice. and Brandon Graham over under eighteen sacks combined. So, under. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's close. I, yeah, I, under under by a lot <laughs> is is, is yeah. What I mean, I think. Brandon yeah. Graham's never had double digit sacks, and you would have counting Barnett to get nine. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's maybe not as crazy a number as I thought. But I'll say this: if they get over, like this team is going to be like fourteen and two. Oh yeah, yeah. So. They might they, <laughs> they might finally be the ones to challenge the the seventy two Miami Dolphins if if that is anywhere close to eighteen sacks combined from them because that means Fletcher's going to have double digits too. And Malik will probably be, you know, just a, right around there. They'll just so. have like eighty sacks as yeah. a team. Could yeah. could you imagine if they went sixteen and zero? Like the the just all the crow oh, Carson would be feeding people, God. including me and Joe Gillio. Yeah, God, that would be that's. I mean, that's that's what we live for, honestly. Is you know, like <laughs> Joe uh, Joe Santa Liquido. Uh, 
Uh, or I can't Santa remember. Legilio. Santa Legilio. Oh, well, yeah, right. That's what it was. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, our from a good friend, uh, three point attempt. Did Ben Simmons make a three? Uh, he has in uh, practice footage, I guess, for two days. Although uh, well, kind of odd that that's the only two videos we've seen uh, so far, and then it just kind of disappeared. Uh, has uh, the first two days of training camp changed your mind about a player yet, ESP? So you know that I'm one that's willing to change my my mind pretty easily, right? Yeah. I'll flip-flop back and forth. Of course. One guy that I was not really high on, but I am now more after two days, is Miles Sanders. Um, he's just – he's looked really good. Like, And again, it's training camp. It's running back. Like Even Donnell Pumphrey has looked good at times. So – I'm not overreacting too much and saying that, oh, he's going to be great. But I did have my reservations about Miles Sanders, and he's made a few nice plays in camp where I was like, okay, I can I can see it. Um, so that would probably be the player that has most changed my mind. Uh, I'm not uh, – the only one that's uh... – uh, not really not yet i'm not there yet I, paul warlow is probably the only guy that i go oh okay and and i don't have any basis for you know i didn't think he stunk or anything but he was um he's out there i think it was was he part of the special teams group today elliot on the good side sorry the non-yellow capped hat guys i think he was i do not believe he was okay no. uh maybe that was lj fort that i was staring at but uh he was but, mi- he, I, but he was getting some reps like right with the mixed first in with slash this early first, second team yeah. yeah yeah so i i that's that's one guy uh you can kind of keep your eye on too i think he gets lost in the fold when you're talking about linebacker depth and uh, that was kind of the main complaint, I guess, in the offseason. Like, oh, there's no depth, there's no depth, and then uh, there'll there'll be some guys popping up. One in particular uh, that I will definitely mention in a, in a few minutes here. Uh, and this is from uh, Eric Gonzalez. Who steps up while Mills is out? Uh, how is Sydney looking? And which corner is more than likely to be traded? I uh, let's let's go with the more than likely to be traded. Um, I. I mean, honestly, probably LeBlanc is is the one you could find a something for if you need a body, if you want to swap out for a defensive end or something like that. Um, uh, uh, Darby, what about Jalen Mills? He's on the pup. You know, you can't trade him. Well, I mean, you would you would take him off and, and trade and tra- him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think Mills would get moved. Um, I don't know, man. Like, and you know, as Eagles Twitter is well aware, I'm Jalen Mills' biggest defender. Right. So this is yeah. not coming from a place that I want this to happen. But, like, they seem to be more comfortable with Rasul than they used to be. They just gave Darby that deal. They have Avante on the outside, which means when they're in base defense, Avante Maddox is going to be playing. I do yes. not think they will bench Avante for Darby or Mills. Mills is entering the final year of his deal. I'm not saying you would get a ton for him, but... If he practices, he plays in two preseason games. I don't know. I I think he's higher up on the list of players they would trade than you do. Uh, okay, interesting. I I uh, I I think they like him too much. So, but uh, what- yeah, but they really like Maddox too. They brought Darby back. I agree. They love Mills, but. I don't know. This foot injury is weird, and the depth is there now to a certain degree. I wouldn't trade any of them, but I do think Mills and LeBlanc are the only two realistic trade candidates. From uh, Nick Grossi, should I be concerned about the defensive end depth and losing uh, Chris Long and uh, Michael Bennett? Because, I, frankly, I am. Uh, well, here's, uh, here's, something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's something kind of interesting that happened on the 94 WIP Midday Show where Brandon Graham was on. Uh, and it was just a, a throwaway comment, but um, it, Brandon Graham said he wouldn't be surprised 
if Chris Long comes back, uh, if if there is a roster spot that is available. So um, in in reading the tea leaves with that, what uh, I, I guess the Eagles have supposedly told Connor Barwin if they want to look at their young end talent, I think it's really just how good or reliable can re, re, is Josh Sweat right now. And if he's not, then I think they'd pull the trigger on that. That's my feeling well, on think- it. But I don't know yeah, about that, you. That could definitely happen. But I'll also say it's not it's more than just Josh Sweat. Like so the top two guys, Derek Burnett's hurt. So I think they would have to see that like maybe he's not recovering as quick as they wanted or he's not going to take as big of a workload. Um Vinny Curry has to look good. I mean, we literally never talk about Sharif Miller. He was a fourth round pick, but yeah. I mean he's gonna make the roster. But yeah, I agree. I mean it's sweat. But I just think in general, if we get to week three of training camp and they don't like what they see, I would – I mean, I would bring in Chris Long over Connor Barwin. It's not even like a question. Yeah, yeah, Chris, no. Chris Long would come on here and be like the second-best defensive end. You could debate him or Derek Barnett. Barnett. Barnett's probably more skilled at this point, but Long is much more of a sure thing. It's crazy, though, that one guy determines whether or not how good your depth is, isn't it? You know, like both yeah. of them are there. But if, like, Bennett's still here, then you don't worry about Chris Long, and this isn't an issue – or if, if Chris Long well, it also just speaks issue. to how deep they have been. Yes, really. absolutely. Mean, they, they've been consistently playing four good defensive ends for like the last three years, which, which is, is pretty wild. Which is, I guess, the difference. If you want to say they don't have depth, I think I disagree because for the things that I just said, if you're not, if you, if it's like I, I don't believe in the talent of depth that they have, then I'm with you. Yeah, there, there is a lot of unproven things behind the starters, and even now the starters, just like you said with Derek Barnett, is still kind of up in the air for a lot of people. I, I I don't understand that really though. Like I I understand the the worries about you know the injury that you brought up uh, and they're kind of holding him back from from team drills and things. But I I still think Derek Barnett is a really talented pass rusher and in fact the the best pass rusher that was or the most productive one the beginning of last season until they had to to pull him out. Uh, and I know you and Mike K were kind of talking about that Colts game. <laughs> Didn't he have a, a crazy take about that? Like it was his best. <laughs> I almost, I'm performance. almost, yeah, I'm almost hesitant to say his take on air because I hate to expose him. But let's just say he had a ridiculous take about Derek Barnett. Well, <laughs> and I'm a man, I'm a man of bad takes, as listen, some might say. But that take was ridiculous. I wanted to sign another defensive tackle just because he went to Iowa for ten million dollars. So. You know, we yeah, all we exactly. all have we all have bad ideas uh, every now. Well, and again. we all know I have the best takes on the on the <laughs> pod, so it's not surprising you got that trash take out yeah. there. Um, there is uh, there was one question that I think faded away. I, it's not showing up for some reason, but uh, there I, I'll just I'll just get to it. Uh, this I want to point this out. I want to declare that this is my guy. All right. I, you know, right, let's, let's hear it. This is, I don't, I don't want to hear anybody else. I was the first one to tweet out about it. I kept saying, go look at 49 and look at the flow of his hair. Look at the flow of his beautiful, beautiful hair. Uh, that that tells me something. One, you're you're a special teamer. Two, you're definitely a linebacker. I was right on both of those things. Uh, yep, called it. And, uh, and I'm talking about the one that they call Alex Singleton, who's been playing in the CFL for the last uh, three years. And he had a crazy start to his NFL career's you know, practice squad on and off from Seattle to uh, to Minnesota, uh, and back and forth in between there. But then he lands with the Calgary Stampeders, 
311 tackles, four sacks, an interception, six forced fumbles, along with 17 special team stops in 54 career games and posted a career-high 123 tackles in 2017 and 18. That, my friends, right there, and the first day of practice, even though you're really not supposed to touch anybody during special teams, he murked, I think, Boston Scott and I can't remember the other running back, but I just go, all right, you're, you've officially made the list. I'm I'm rooting for Alex Singleton to make this team because there needs to be another crazy Brayman, uh, Colt Anderson type that is on mm-hmm. that field, and I think he's the guy to do that. I I want to see him at linebacker because he looked a little. Uh, who is uh, who is the Oregon uh, linebacker that didn't Joe Joe uh, Joe Walker Walker Yeah. Uh, looked a little like he had that kind of lateral speed, which isn't great. But um, I think I think he's the guy that I'm going to keep the my eye on for the rest of training camp, just to make as a fun, nice, crazy tackling player. Well, let me say this: as, as a support of your take, I will now say I hope he makes the roster over Paul Warlow. <laughs> Thank you. How's that? That's I, I, no problem. I love that. Um, I think that's it for. The, uh, the mail and take bag, but uh, please keep your questions coming at GoBirdsPod on the Twitter.com. Uh, what we're going to do tomorrow, since we have the radio show from 1 to 3 on uh, on Saturday, we're going to have a, a, a big discussion about what's been going on at training camp, and especially, as Elliot pointed out, this is going to be full pads. This is going to be, you know, like a real tough practice for those guys so i'm sure that there'll uh, be plenty to get into but elliot I'll, i will leave you with the last take of training camp life or whatever is on your mind this afternoon so i'm gonna say this but i have to we can't have a huge discussion about it maybe we'll save this for the next pod <laughs> okay little teaser uh, take i mean netflix has more hit shows than hbo oh like it just does. Boy. I mean, there's just more shows that are quality on Netflix and HBO has put out. I made a list today. Both have great shows, but Netflix has overtaken it. And I say this because season three of Stranger Things was amazing. <laughs> just because I think you're just hepped up on the Stranger Things. I'm going to be honest. Whatever with I'm hyped up on, it's a, it's my take. I mean, if the, if you can. All see- the HBO's good shows are old. I mean, let's be honest. Are old? Have you not been watching like uh, what is that? Did a Big Little Lies or whatever it is, or Pretty Little Lies? Yeah, that show was that show was okay. Wow. The second season was not that great. I did watch it, but when you talk about the hits, I mean, The Wire was what, Veep. You don't watch Veep. We don't watch Veep at all. So I'll, I will say this: I put Veep on my list of shows that I know are good, but I have not watched it. I wish okay. I do. I wish I did watch it. I just I don't watch it. Game of Thrones, that's pretty recent, even though they screwed up the... I didn't watch any of Game of Thrones, but everybody says it's the best show in television. Netflix hasn't yeah, had... This is the best show in television ever. Ever. Not well, once. Well, they have Sex in the City, which is also there, but like... Sex in the City is an HBO show. Yeah, that's what I mean, right. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. they certainly have their hits, but they have... Uh, Netflix has Narcos, uh, Ozarks fine. is really good, That's Stranger good Things, uh, Make a Murder if you want to include that. So they certainly have their fair share of hits as well. It's more of a documentary. It's not a show. You know, I mean, like, if you're going to... Okay, well, you know, it's funny. I almost didn't put it on my list, but I was like, oh, I'll just slide it in there. Who cares? But of course you bring up <laughs> a documentary. But it's more than a documentary. Like, it is it is a documentary, but it's 
No, it's a it's documentary. Like, it's not. A, it's not a scripted show. You got to. You got to. There has to be defined things. If you're saying there's better things to watch on Netflix versus HBO, I'd probably. I'd agree with you. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I mean, HBO is still king in, in Netflix, other than maybe like stand-up comedy specials, which they're now pumping well, out like crazy. Is stand-up you know. comedy specials aren't good, so you're oh not going to get me. Oh my god! I yeah. I want you. No, I'm I'm telling you this right now. Go watch of any of Tom Segura's work on Netflix, and I guarantee you, you will shit your pants laughing for the next five so, days. I, I guarantee you, I won't because I don't like things where I'm. I feel like I'm supposed to laugh. Like when you go to a stand-up comedy thing and you're sitting there, you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be so funny," and it's you're like almost forced laughing the entire time. So, that so would, I'm just not a stand-up comedian guy. That would be like me saying, "Man, you know what? I hate forced silence, and that's why I don't go into movie theaters because it's expected to be quiet in a movie theater." Well, or that's extremely different because that, being quiet's not an emotion. Like laughing is like it's suppressing. That- you have to suppress your emotions. You can't yell and scream and go, oh, shit, and you can't cry, and you can't – well, yeah, I guess you can. Well, I don't know if you've been to the movies recently, but people yell out literally all the time. So. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have plenty to get into on uh, on Saturday, especially that. I think that's going to be a part of a side topic or something. Uh, one, to th- one to three on Sports Radio 94 WIP. There will be tweets tomorrow as well at the Go Birds Pod, at Elliot Shore Parks, at John Barchard. And this has been episode number 90 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds! Can you hear me? Yeah. Are you at home already? Yeah. And not only that, I've successfully set it up. So I'm talking into my microphone, but I'm listening into my AirPods. So I'm basically a fucking technological whiz over here. (laughs) Well, thank God. Uh, I know. This will sound better. Yeah, this sounds real good.